Now joining us on the phone lines to help us preview tomorrow night's game is the radio voice of the Tar Heels, Jones Angel. What's going on, Jones? Welcome back to the show, man. It just shows great to be with you. Just shows you how silly those rankings are that two weeks ago, no, sorry, Tar Heels weren't ranked. Oh, you beat Campbell? Okay, you guys are ranked. Sometimes <laughs> uh, sometimes those are a little silly. But um, Carolina happy to, to get back to their winning ways last week and do so in dominant fashion against Campbell. It was yeah, give the Camels credit. They they came in and were energized, and I thought executed well early in that game. And you know, it was seven seven through a quarter. But uh, then Carolina scores the final fifty two points of the game and, and wins it fifty nine seven. So good to get uh, back to winning. And and now you, you set up this really important three game stretch to close the year, starting with Duke on Saturday night. So a really important stretch here for Carolina. Big weekend in Chapel Hill with football and and then basketball as well on Sunday afternoon and. Uh, looking forward to a, a really busy weekend and hopefully a bunch of Tar Heel victories. Yeah, you got that right. Uh, with a big one tomorrow night, uh, when you talk about Duke and Carolina, it, earlier this season, Jones, we were you know possibly talking about both these teams being ranked, and you got Drake May against Riley Leonard, and who knows, maybe maybe College Game Day will show up to Chapel Hill. This could be a big matchup, could be the uh, deciding factor of who makes the ACC championship game. Things have kind of gotten a little different over the last month, but in the end, it's still a big rivalry game between these two. And it's still two good football teams. You know, just because they're not both undefeated doesn't mean that they're not good. Right. And, and you know, I think certainly we we've talked as we've moved through the year with Carolina and understand the kind of season that the Tar Heels have had, including the frustration that the Tar Heels had uh, for a couple weeks there uh, in October against Virginia and Georgia Tech. Um, and for Duke, you know, the, the Blue Devils have had a very solid year. They're six and three, three and two. They certainly battled a bunch of injuries, particularly at that quarterback spot. And, you know, anytime you lose your starting quarterback, it is not easy. And, and then when you're all the way down to your third string quarterback, like the Blue Devils are, um, that just makes things even more difficult. Um, give credit to Mike Elko and his staff. You know, they, they have a good enough team in total that even with losing Riley Leonard uh, for an extended period of time, and he's been beat up a couple times and missed some games this year, you know, they've been able to manage that and still be competitive and still be successful. And um, Rob, I would expect that uh, assuming that Leonard does not play, and it appears as though he will not, barring some kind of miracle or some trickiness by Duke, um, it it appeared to me Duke is going to rely on running the football, and, and they're very good at doing that, and Carolina has to stop it to be successful this week and the rest of the year. They'll punt it if they have to. They've got a really good punter in Porter Wilson who's leading the league in yards per kick. Duke is second in the nation in net punting. And then they're going to let their really old, physical, and experienced defense go out there and try to make big plays. And that's the formula, in my opinion, that Duke is going to follow. And so I think of it as like the Virginia game that Carolina played, but Duke has better players than Virginia does. And so, yeah, how will Carolina manage that this time? Because I think the Tar Heels struggled in that regard, certainly uh, against Virginia. I think it's um, the one time this year that Carolina just looked kind of out of sync offensively and they were rushing because Virginia was keeping the ball so much. And, yeah, Carolina didn't handle that particularly well. And so I, I think it's an opportunity against a better team that I think will follow a similar blueprint for Carolina to try to succeed. And so I will say, Rob, when Carolina's offense and Duke's defense is out there, those are two big-time units. And so I, I'll yeah. be excited to watch those two sides go at it because 
I think both of them are elite at what they do, and it should be interesting to watch those two really good groups of players go at one another. How crucial is this game tomorrow night for both teams, especially when we look at Carolina's schedule? You mentioned you know you, you got Duke, you got Clemson, you got NC State. That's, yeah. that's a very big, important stretch. And I'm sure if you ask the fans of both uh, bo- of both teams, Jones, they're saying you know with this rivalry game, we know how this plays out for every rivalry across the nation. You know the fans are as long as you beat your rival. You know that that you know bowl games, yeah, sure, whatever. But if you beat your rival, so how big is this? I mean, is this really a season-defining game for both teams tomorrow night? I think it's a season-defining stretch for Carolina, and, that, and this game is part of that stretch um, because this, this stretch is going to determine whether Carolina has um, a great year or uh, yeah, that was a pretty good year, but man, it was a frustrating. Move back half of the season and all of that for Carolina is going to be defined on how it plays out here over these next three weeks that just happened to also include three rivals two of which are your main rivals in Duke and NC State um, and that your fans get extra emotional for and understandably so Mac Brown talks about it all the time you know these are the games where the the fans of the other team are the the people you work with, the people you see in the grocery store, the people you go to church with, the people that your kids go to school together, and um, those are those are important games. People like it when their teams win those games. And so um, th- there's a lot of things that go into making this an important game and stretch for Carolina. And certainly for Duke, the rivalry aspect is, is just as strong for them. And they're continuing to try to, to back up a, a really good year a season ago with another really good season as uh, Mike Elko continues to try to build the program. And so uh, a win in this game would be a big deal for them. And Carolina's won the last four in this series. And so Duke uh, is hungry to, to get that victory and get the victory bell uh, back. And, and even having said that, Rob, you know, with those four straight wins, you know, two of those came down to the very final few seconds. I mean, Carolina scored with 16 seconds to go last year in Durham to win that game. And I was doing – something for for a different project yesterday robin since 2000 that's 23 games that carolina and duke have played from 2000 to 2022 um 13 of those 23 games have been decided by one score or less wow so even though carolina for the most part has dominated this series i mean at one point carolina won 21 out of 22 in this series in the 90s and 2000s and uh, but duke has gotten a lot better since then of course but even when Carolina was winning most of these games almost every single year, these games are close. They're always close. And so um, I'd be surprised if it was anything else tomorrow night. And you add in the fact that, again, it's tomorrow night. I don't know about you, Jones, but night game atmosphere at Keenan Stadium, that place is going to be rocking. I-, I cannot wait. Yeah, that my, the, the Miami atmosphere from earlier in the year when it was an 8 o'clock kick, um, was the best of the season, in my opinion, in, yeah. in Chapel Hill. Um, and I would expect something similar. you know. The, and then you had the Virginia game, which was in the evening, but the students weren't there because it was fall break, and it just didn't have the same feel. But um, this will have some energy to it. Students will be there in full force. Um, the rivalry aspect, the victory bell on the line, homecoming in Chapel Hill, senior day for the Tar Heels. Um, there's uh, a bunch of other sports playing this weekend, too, so people can come in and and have a great uh, full weekend in Chapel Hill and support a bunch of different Tar Heel teams. And uh, I would expect it to be an electric atmosphere coming up tomorrow night for sure. 
You also mentioned the fact that other sports, uh, real quickly, I'll ask you uh, about basketball for those that sure. did not keep up. But again, we're in that part of the year where football and basketball start overlapping. And, and eventually, you know, once we get into the winter, we'll be talking with you and interviewing you about Carolina basketball. But uh, season openers for both men and women earlier this week, and both uh, teams got wins, right? They did. You know, the, the women played Wednesday evening and uh, looked really good. They dominated Gardner-Webb. Um, they have a very deep and talented and experienced team. I think Courtney Bankhart's best team since she's been the coach here in Chapel Hill. They have a uh, legitimate threat to be a, a Final Four type of team, an ACC champion type of team, and they're very good teams But um, in the league. But I think they have that opportunity. And for Carolina, the on the men's side, you know, the Heels, a uh, little sluggish start defensively, didn't play great defensively in the first half against Radford, but uh, really turned that around in the second half and played great offensively the whole game. And to me, Rob, the, the biggest storyline coming out of the men's game was just how different they looked from a year ago. And not just personnel-wise. I, I think part of the frustration for last year with Carolina was not just that the Tar Heels weren't as successful as they wanted to be, but it got to the point where they weren't very fun to, to watch. Um, and it didn't really look like Carolina. And I think the Tar Heels looked more like Carolina on Monday night, and, and they looked like a team that was pushing the tempo and sharing the ball and you know, trying to go inside first and, and passing up a good shot to get a great shot. And that, to me, that's Carolina. And, and when you have a, a talented team like the Star Heels do that play that way, um, you've got a chance to be really, really good. And, and it was an exciting night to see how Carolina uh, performed in that aspect. Radio voice of the Tar Heels, Jones Angel. We talk with him every Friday here on the WPTF Morning Show. Thanks so much, Jones. Thanks, Rob. Talk to you soon.